It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Well, one thing we haven't talked about on the program before is floating wind farms. Now, how that would work, I have no idea. But Val Cummins is the MD of Emerald Project and the director of Simply Blue. So tell me, Val, how does a floating wind farm work? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, So floating offshore wind is an enormous opportunity for Ireland. Um, As we all know, we have an incredible... uh, maritime um, area. We have a, a sea area that's seven times our landmass, and floating offshore wind um, essentially is really suitable to Irish waters, particularly off the south coast here uh, and as well as the west coast because it works in deeper waters than the traditional fixed bottom uh, wind farms that have been deployed offshore thus far. So over the last 20 or so years we've seen fixed bottom uh, wind turbines. Ireland was actually one of the first countries in the world to, to put in a, a fixed bottom wind um, farm off the coast of Arklow mm-hmm. um, and since then we've done very little um, but if you fly over the North Sea or over the Baltic you'll see the places absolutely littered with them and for, for all the right reasons in terms of a clean green source of energy but the big difference between what has preceded floating winds with the traditional um, offshore wind sector is that the traditional approach is to pile the turbines into the seabed yes. and that's how the foundations are secured anchor them with down. floating yeah. wind it's yeah. about anchor exactly it's anchor system of anchors and moorings um to secure the, the 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 wind farms in place and essentially what floating offshore wind is it's a, it's a combination of existing technologies so for example the the offshore oil and gas sector would be very familiar with offshore production platforms and they're secured with similar systems of anchors and moorings we're familiar with wind turbine technology and what floating offshore wind does, it basically leverages those existing uh, techniques and puts them together. So it's basically a wind turbine mm. that is secured to the seabed with um, anchors and moorings. Right. And and it's so exciting in terms of the prospect of this being deployed off the Irish coast because Ireland has got a huge resource in yeah. terms of wind, in terms of the sea area. Yeah. The and wind is always blowing out there. So if you put windmills out there, you can generate spot on. And that's another advantage of floating offshore wind because you're further offshore um, then the, the capacity factor, in other words the amount of wind that you can harness is optimised. The closer you get to the shore and onshore you have more sort of turbulence and so on to sort of take into consideration. Yeah. So you get really optimised capacity fla- factors with regards to floating offshore wind. So, so is there enthusiasm or is there the drive to, to get it started? 
Yeah. So look, I think um, in the programme for government last year, it was absolutely fantastic to see Ireland set out an ambition for 30 gigawatts of floating wind um, after 2030. Okay. So to put that in, in some kind of perspective. Um, all of the sort of the energy system models are indicating that we might need up to about 27 gigawatts to get to net zero by 2050. So we can basically satisfy our own indigenous needs in terms of renewable electricity and um, powering other sectors that are harder to abate with electricity through our natural resources with regards to floating offshore wind. That's just to sort of put it in a broad perspective. Mm. Um, so the programme for government was just a fantastic, it was like the lights went on and Ireland has been considered as a really attractive market for foreign direct investment and a lot of investment is needed to deliver these. So, for example, as you mentioned, I'm the managing director of the, the Emerald Project, which is a joint venture partnership between Shell and Simply Blue Group. That's aiming to build about 1.3 gigawatts of floating wind off the Cork coast. That will take the best part of the next 10 years to bring that to fruition. Mm. It will also take a capital investment of circa 2 billion to make that a reality. And where does that come from? So the government last year said we'll I'll, I'll come to that. I'm just going to address your question in terms of, you know, are, are we going to go forward with this? We have in the uh, the programme for government an ambition for 30 gigawatts. But just last week, the government published, or two weeks ago, the Climate Action Plan and failed to really put a target in for floating wind such that we're out of the blocks and that we're able to gear up this decade such that we'll be able to really scale up in terms of developing this economic, environmental and climate opportunity for Cork, for the region and for the country in the next decade. And that's what's at stake here. So they haven't delivered on what they said they would do so far, at least. I, I think, to, to be fair, um, there's an awful lot of work underway in terms of creating the right kind of planning system for our marine environment. It's important to acknowledge that. Um, we have been working in terms of offshore um, with really archaic legislation. The, the foreshore lease and licence legislation goes back to 1933, so the government are doing an awful lot to address that, and we expect and anticipate to see new legislation in relation to marine area planning, hopefully by the end of the year. So that's tick, that's the fantastic but we can't then just stand back and pat everybody in the back and say great because there's so much more that needs to be done and in particular yeah it was and of course the problem is investors Uh, investors need a target is another investors need clarity and everyone's looking for their money so the best plan will get the best investment absolutely Absolutely. And investors do need certainty. And we need to, you know, we need to see a movement towards that from government and particularly for Cork, because this is a huge story for Cork PJ. I mean, you think about it for years. I've been talking about Cork as a sort of the maritime capital of Ireland. We look back in history at what we have. You know, why did the British Admiralty come into Hall Bolin and Cork Harbour and develop it as one of the most significant provisioning hubs um, for their, their, their global activities? You know, we've had the heydays of shipbuilding down in Verone Dockyard. Um, Hall Bolin is the, the, the headquarters for our National Naval Service. You know, in the dockyard a couple of years ago, some of the listeners might recall the amazing um, project that um, assembled the Lieber cranes and, and put yeah. them on a vessel to take them out of Cork Harbour and across the Atlantic. Um, at the moment, as we speak, the Kinsale gas fields are being decommissioned. There's a huge amount of traffic in the harbour with respect to making that project uh, come to uh, a close. And so, you know, Cork has got one of the largest 
natural harbours in the world, a fantastic maritime heritage, huge capability with regards to offshore because of Kinsale Gas. We are home of the National Maritime College of Ireland. So we have an opportunity to make sure that we can train and, and you know, upskill in relation to all of the uh, talent that we will need in this locality, whether it's welders, IT people, engineers, project managers, environmental scientists, et cetera, et cetera. So Cork has got so much of an opportunity that it can seize here and it's linked to developing of the port. It's linking to the developing of the supply chain. And I think, you know, at the national level, we need to see the legislation move. We need yeah. to see a commitment to floating wind in the Celtic Sea. And in particular, I'm, what I'm really just really pleased to have the chance to be talking to you about this. It's about the stakeholders of Cork and in the region coming together to understand that this actually is the economic, I would say, the economic opportunity of our generation. Okay. This is a green industrial resolution, revolution that can happen on our doorstep. And we need to be shifting the dial in terms of making projects a reality this decade and not saying this is about far, far away or the next decade. Sounds like something that could be huge for Cork and for the country and for the whole climate agenda. So good to speak with you. We might talk again. Val Cummins from Emerald Project Offshore Wind, the grandest idea of all time. Courts 96 FM.